This is one of the stories about where Jesus appeared to some of the disciples um, as recorded by John. So hopefully you found that now. Um, I'm on a strict time thing. I've got my clock. I've got a few points to um, talk you through. I shall speak very fast and hopefully we'll get there before tea time. <laughs> so John 21, 1 to 14. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and in this way he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we're going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat, that, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? They answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, that disciple that Jesus loved, i.e. John, said to Peter, it is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from the land, about 200 cubits, dragging the net with the fish. Then, as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and laid and fish laid on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to the land, full of large fish, 153, and although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, Come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you, knowing that he was the Lord? Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So I just wanted to um, set the scene um, a bit, sort of where, where we're up to, which is familiar to, to many of you. Um, Jesus was their leader, their mentor, their helper, their counselor, and their friend, everything to them. And he'd been with them, and they'd been with him, um, and he'd been cruelly taken away and killed. And what made it worse was that Peter had actually said, if you remember, that he didn't know, didn't know who Jesus was, and so he felt like a failure. And I just wondered if any of us have ever been there. We've um, got a phrase that we use a lot today um, called just about managing. And it's used in lots of contexts, financially, well-being, all that sort of thing, just about managing. And I get the feeling that these disciples that were there that morning were just about managing. So the disciples that are mentioned by name... Um, they're the ones that are used to fishing, just to put it in some context. They didn't just fancy a bit of a fishing trip. They're actually the ones that were used to um, fishing. They knew how to fish, something they'd done a lot. 
And Peter, the one that we read about, was often, I don't know, the leader among the disciples, the ringleader, the one with the good ideas, the one that had lots to say, the ones that suggested things, and the other said, yeah, that's a good idea. So I've picked out some peas for you from this passage, and we're going to go through, and I've got, well, there's quite a few, I've got 12 peas to go through, so we're going to run through the passage and go through all these peas that I've discovered. Um, the first P is plan. Peter said, I'm going fishing. He knew how to do it. He was quite experienced, as I've said. It used to be his livelihood. This was a human plan. They thought they knew what they were doing. And we read on. The next P I've got is persevere. So it may feel like that nothing's happening with our life. The disciples were disappointed, disillusioned. They felt like nothing was happening. They were back at the starting point, back at the bottom. We've just wasted three years. What is going on? Jesus promised them all sorts of things. And... Now they're thinking, where is he? Where's he gone? He was with us. He promised us this. What's gone wrong? So they thought, right, we'll go back to fishing. We're good at this. Goodness me, we're no good at fishing either. What on earth has gone wrong with our life? I just wanted to just mention here also, it was actually okay to go fishing. Jesus didn't sort of berate them for going fishing, back to their livelihood. Jesus had not banned fishing but he had called them to something that was a bit bigger than fishing. So it made me think, what, what, are, what are our priorities? Do we persevere with something that we feel Jesus has called us to? Or do we just think, this is a bit hard going, let's give up. Let's go back to the beginning, let's try something else, we've got a good plan. My next P is pick up. Jesus' word on the situation changed everything. It was not Jesus' skill in fishing. He didn't give them a hand. It was his word. And it reminded me right back in the beginning of the Bible where it says God created the world by his word. And that's the same power that Jesus has to perform the miracles. And it's the same power that we have that Jesus has given to us our word can, can change a situation. And it's interesting to note that Jesus picked us up or picked the disciples up where they were at. And that's what he does for us. He picks us up where we're at and starts over. So it's not, oh, well, that was wasted. He picks us up where we're at and we can start over. Jesus had first called the disciples when there was a remarkable catch of fish. Do you remember the earlier stories? Um, some of you might remember. He called them to be disciples. And that, that, that was in Luke 5, it's recorded. And there was a remarkable catch of fish again. So it was repeated. And Jesus was reminding them of something that they were familiar with. Look, we've done this before. I've done this before with you. Jesus picks us up at the same place as we can most relate to him. Something that we're familiar with. Something that, um, yeah, is a situation that we think, yeah, that's Jesus. And the disciples have been there before and Jesus did the miracle over again. 
Have you ever had that situation where Jesus suddenly reminds us of a previous sort of special occasion where we were close to him and it's like he, he reminds us of that and he sort of woos us all over again going back to that that first love that first situation that we'd almost forgotten about and he woos us all over again my next p is promise so jesus said cast your net on the right side of the boat it made no sense in fishing terms. It was the wrong time of day because they fished at night and this was now the morning and everything was wrong about that. But they did it anyway. Jesus knew that they had no fish, but they had to own their situation because he asked them, have you got any fish? And they said, no, we haven't. So I got from that that Jesus expects us to own our situation, own up to where we are. Um, and that led to the miracle happening. They said, no, we've got no fish. They didn't sort of say, well, yeah, we've got a few, but didn't do so well. They owned up. Jesus spoke, Jesus said, and they did it. And something else I thought of here. Um, don't get stuck in your promise. The promise was, if you fish on the other side of the boat, if you go back out, even though it seems unlikely, you'll catch some fish. And I made me think, how, how often have we, I know I have, got stuck in a promise. Jesus promised this, Jesus promised that. And we go around and we even tell people what, what has been promised. But it's like we're stuck in it. Um, yeah, it's, it's like we're stuck. We, we, we're great talking about it, but then do we do anything with it? Do we go and fish when it's unlikely to catch anything? Do we follow through with what's said or we just keep repeating it? Jesus has promised this, Jesus has promised that. So don't get stuck in your promise. It's easy to believe your promise. It's harder to follow it through sometimes. So plenty. Jesus has more than enough resources to go around there was enough fish caught and there was some to spare. It was a really big haul. It mentions a figure which is possibly something to do with a, a description of the time that was like the maximum amount that there could possibly be. It represents a really large haul. And so it wasn't just enough, just some. It was plenty. There's more than enough resources to go around. Next P is pursue. Peter got dressed and actively and intentionally ran after Jesus. Or rather, he dived into the water, but you get the idea. He pursued Jesus. We need to be intentional in following Jesus. Not just when we feel like it, not something haphazard, intentional. Peter also had priorities that's the next p priority peter's priority was to get to jesus he was in a hurry he, he was anxious to do it what's our priority is it to get to jesus with everything we've got the next p is provision i don't know if you've noticed but Jesus already had fish on the fire and bread. The provision was already there. 
it's amazing to think that he wanted the fish that they'd got. He'd already got some. It was already going, the fire and the cooking and everything. And the thing that I thought about here is that it's amazing to think that that Jesus has already planned for every provision in my life, in your life. But it says before we were even born, he was thinking about us and he was planning for our lives. I know, for one, I found it almost quite hard to get my head around that. And I properly do want to get my head around that, that Jesus has planned everything for my life. I don't need to be concerned about it or worried about it. The provision is there. The provision is before I was even born, it was there. My next P is partnership. Jesus asked them to bring some of the fish that they'd caught. As I said, he'd already got enough to provide for breakfast for them. So I inferred that he probably didn't really need the 153 or the large haul of fish that, um, that they'd caught because he'd really got enough food, plenty already. But the idea is that he partnered with them. Um, and that's what I took from this, that he wants to... He wants to partner with us. He, he delights in partnering with us. He enjoys helping us and seeing us succeed and partnering with us in things. Whatever that might look like. In this case, it was the haul of fish. But he just wants to partner with us. Um, John, uh, no, Peter, uh, no, John said, sorry, John said in the passage, it's the Lord. He suddenly recognized him. And that was a proclamation. So proclaim Jesus is the Lord. We need to recognize him in our lives and not just do that. And to say so, we need to proclaim that Jesus is Lord in the world that we live in. I feel that that's, that's a statement almost that we need to, we need to speak out. Not, not just keep it in our side and say, yes, it's a nice feeling to know that I know Jesus, but, but to proclaim it out. Um, can I say, Jesus is the best thing in my life. Do I say that? Do we say that on a daily basis whenever we can? Do we say that to other people? It's Jesus who is the best thing in my life. The next one is be present. So that's sort of a P. Be present. They had breakfast with Jesus. It's recounted in the passage. He said, do you want to join me for breakfast? And, and they did so. So I got the inference from that, um, that that they wanted to be present with Jesus. They didn't respond in a way that said, well, thanks very much for sorting out all those fish we've caught, that amazing miracle. We've got lots of fish now to feed our families and people around for quite some time. But actually, I don't want to do breakfast because I've got something else booked and I'd rather be doing something else. And I know that sounds a bit farcical when we read it like this in the passage, but I wondered how often do I actually think that? Do I... Um, do I say, well, no, I'm busy with my own life. You know, I've got, um, I've got something else to do. Yeah, if you could just wait till next week, because I've just got this project to finish and that holiday to go on and that sort of thing. And I think if we're honest, I'm sure I do that. 
And Jesus is saying, no, be present with me. Be present every day. Go through every day with me. Have an active attitude of wanting to be present with me. And um, how are we doing? Yep, I think I've got there. My last P is place, i.e. his place or mine. Have we got our own plan for our life? already sort of mentioned this or do we want to pursue Jesus with all of our being he really loves us and he wants the best for us and as I've said he's got a plan for us but ultimately what he really wants is a friendship with us it's not just about the big plans we as humans like to think there's a big plan and there is a big plan but what he really really wants is a close friendship with us so that's why I put it down you know place his place that's where he wants us in his place and I just reflected back to um to the garden of Eden if you remember the story really early on in Genesis where um God used to walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the evening and just have a sort of a friendship with them. We call it a communion with them. But yeah, he just wanted to just have a relationship with them. Just like that, right back in the early, early years in the Garden of Eden. And Jesus wants that back with us. And um, yeah, it's all about that place, that place where we can get close to him. So I've rattled through that quite quickly, but I hope you get the feel of the um, celebration that this is, that Jesus rose again, he appeared to the disciples, and he's still with us today.